I'd love to go in, in this service to the book of Exodus chapter 4. Éxodo capítulo 4. For those of you who don't speak Spanish, I just feel like I need to get you ready for heaven. Um, Exodus chapter 4. For those of you who, who, who have never heard me speak before or, or, or don't know Lucy and I, eight years ago, we moved from Sydney, Australia. That's why the accent. Uh, I was born in Sydney, Australia. I'm Australian by birth. I know you can tell that by my blonde hair and my blue eyes. Um, but my family... Our families are from Argentina. We were sent from Sydney to start our church in Buenos Aires. We started that 15th of November, 2015. Uh, 11 months later, we started Hillsong Sao Paulo, 30th of October, 2016. Cinco de Mayo, 2019, we started Hillsong Monterrey in Mexico. 12th of June, 2022, we started Hillsong Montevideo in Uruguay. And then also last year, the 19th of June, we started a second location in Sao Paulo. And so we love the faith journey. Uh, we believe in the local church. We believe more than ever that the local church is the hope for humanity, the hope of the world through Christ Jesus. And so that's why it's an honor for me to, to have the opportunity to speak to you today. And Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 to 17 uh, says this to us. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent. Neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. In other words, I'm not good at speaking. The Lord said to him, and I love God's response. Who gave human beings their mouths? <laughs> Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. <laughs> Moses was not only not a good speaker, he was also a bit slow. Because <laughs> he's like, Lord, Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother, Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if I were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray today that you would speak to every heart in this place and every heart connected online. I pray that You would stir new levels of faith within us, that You would give us eyes to see, ears to hear and spirits to receive that which You want to speak to us today. Father, like always, I give You praise, glory and honour for the amazing opportunity it is to share Your Word. May Your Kingdom come and will be done in our lives. In Jesus' Name. And everybody said together, Amen. Amen. Uh, over the years, Uh, along with Lucy, we've been serving the Lord for over two decades now. And I've lost count of how many times I've personally missed an opportunity or haven't lived a certain experience because I've been full of insecurity. I've been full of doubt. 
because I've been full of excuses and I've had reasons as to why not. I couldn't do something. I couldn't experience something. I, I couldn't step through an open door that God was presenting me. I've lost count about how, how many times my excuses in life have limited me and caused me to not step into some God-given opportunities. I've lost count of how many times I've said things like, I'm not ready. I'm not the right person. It, it isn't the right time. Things that have flown out of my heart and out through my mouth that have limited my walk of faith and produced nothing more than frustration in my life. Often we are the only people who sabotage what we can do or what we can step into. It's our human nature to seek to blame other things as to why we can't move forward. But what I've learned that in our humanity, we self-sabotage. We limit ourselves because instead of offering God our faith and our obedience, all we offer God are our excuses. In this passage in Exodus chapter 4, we see some of Moses' responses when God's calling him to something that seemed to be way out of his league. When he was called by God to something that seemed to be far bigger than, than what he was able to give, it was, it was way out of his capacity, his ability. In Exodus chapter 3, just to give you a little bit of context, God says to Moses, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying. I've seen their suffering. I've seen their oppression. And then he flips the script because he says, I've seen, I've heard, but Moses, now, now I'm going to send you. And through you, I'm going to set my people free, but I need you to go and present yourself to Pharaoh. Moses says to God that he's not able to, he can't speak. And we need to understand that when God appeared to Moses and he has this conversation with him, Moses was nothing more than a simple shepherd looking after his father-in-law's sheep. He didn't go to seminary. He wasn't a connect group leader. He, he wasn't part of the dream team. He, he wasn't involved in the city care event on Saturday. He wasn't on stage. He didn't have the capacity. We, we heard him say he can't speak. He didn't feel like he was the right person. And God shows up to him when all he did was look after his father-in-law's sheep. See, because here's the thing I've learned in life. God doesn't always go after the most prepared. God doesn't always go after those who think they're able and they have the capacity, they have the training. What I've learned over so many years of serving God, and I can give testimony to this, is that God is a God who is an expert in using unlikely characters for the glory of His name. And He calls Moses when He wasn't prepared. He calls Moses without the capacity, without the gifting. And Moses says to God things like, and who am I? Who am I? He asked God such an important question. Who am I that I should go before Pharaoh? Moses was full of insecurities. He wasn't sure of who he was because he was a Hebrew man who grew up in the Egyptian palace. 
He had a clash of cultures going on within him. He wasn't too sure on on what culture he belonged to. And it's like many of us today. I grew up in Sydney, Australia, in an Argentine home. But the moment I stepped out the front door, I stepped into an Australian culture. At the age of 21, I gave my heart to Jesus. Now I I was no longer just wrestling with an Argentine culture, an Australian culture. I had to embrace kingdom culture. And it wasn't who I was according to the Argentine culture at home or the Australian culture outside of home. I had to discover who I was within kingdom culture and understand that who I am in Christ is how I should live on this earth. But Moses was, he was full of insecurity. He says, who am I? And time and time again, he offers God his excuses. And many of us today, we still ask God the same question. Moses was like, who am I that I should go before Pharaoh? And often we're like, who am I that I should lead a connect group? Who am I that I should stop attending church and start serving in church? Who am I to get involved in the community projects we have? Who am I to serving youth? Who am I to get up on stage and and do the welcome or speak about the offering? Who am I, Lord? I'm not prepared. I I don't have the gifting. I, I haven't been trained. Who am I? And instead of offering God our faith and our obedience, we question God and we question that which He has called us to. See, friend, when you allow yourself to be guided by your insecurities, you will always question your identity in Christ. And the only thing you will ever offer God are your excuses, which is why today I've titled this message, No Excuses. No Excuses. As people of faith, I honestly believe we must eliminate every excuse we have to offer God. If you came today to hear a message that's going to stroke your faith ego, today's not that message. I honestly believe that post-pandemic, we need to shake the church to get out of our comfort zone. We need to start living our faith at a whole nother level because the world is full of questions and you and I have the answer. And as people of faith, we must eliminate our excuses so that we can on a constant basis be the hands and feet of Jesus in our generation because we have the message they need. We have the answers they're seeking for. There was a common theme that was seen in a survey that was done in a study not too long ago. It was a survey that was done amongst 50 graduates of college who had their title, they, they, they had their degree, but after some years, they, they felt that their life was limited. They didn't step into what they believed they would step into after getting prepared and after all the training that they could do. And, and the common theme in some of the answers were answers that were full of excuses. Things like, I didn't know if I could do it. <laughs> I didn't have the time. I didn't know how. I felt it wasn't the right moment for me. I felt too young and others, I felt too old. How many of us can relate to some of these responses? That's why I believe as people of faith, there's a question we must answer. And this is the question. Will I be more committed to my excuses than I am to what God wants to do in me and through me? Will I? 
Ask it of yourself. Will I be more committed to my excuses and the reasons as to why not? Or will I be more committed to that which God wants to do in me and God wants to do through me? See, Moses was like, who am I? He also said, and what if they don't listen to me? He also says, I'm not eloquent of speech. I I can't speak. He also said to God, I'm not the right person for this. But I love that we see throughout Scripture that you and I serve a God who often ignores our excuses because He knows what He's able to do in us and through us. Every time... Moses offered an excuse. God would offer a response that went along the lines of, hey, I'm gonna be with you. The great I am is sending you. I will speak through you. Hey Mo, I know what you can't do, but you need to get a revelation of what I can do. And God ignores His excuses. And the Bible's full of people. It's full of characters who had every legitimate reason as to why God could not use them. The Bible is full of characters who were full of excuses as to why not. They could not step into what God had prepared for them, what God was calling them to. But time and time again, we see that God ignored them and used them because He gets the glory when He uses unlikely characters. Let me give you a list of some of these reasons as to why not someone could be used by God. You may have heard this before, but Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Jacob was a liar. Leah was second choice. Joseph was a slave. Moses was a stutterer. Samson was a womanizer. He was probably Latino. (laughs) Unredeemed. Rahab was a prostitute. Gideon was afraid. Jeremiah was too young. Naomi was a widow. David was a murderer and adulterer. Elijah was suicidal. Job went bankrupt. Jonah ran from God. John the Baptist preached in underwear and ate insects. (laughs) Peter denied Christ. The Samaritan woman married five times. Zacchaeus was too short. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer and Lazarus was dead. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? Stop offering God your excuses and start offering God your faith and your obedience because God is an expert in using unlikely characters for the glory of His Name. Can somebody say Amen? In Chronicles chapter, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, there's an amazing short story that I love and it challenges every ounce of faith in me. It's a story of a man by the name of Jabez. When Jabez was born, he caused his mum so much suffering when she gave birth that she actually named him pain and suffering. It's what Jabez means. He was known as the son of pain. He was an SOP. P. He was the son of suffering. Whenever he walked the streets, people were like, oh, there goes that son of suffering. Because back in the day, people knew what every name meant. There goes that son of pain. The person that most loved him, his mother, placed a label on him. He had every reason to self-sabotage his life. He had every reason to live as to why not he could do something great. 
every reason to live with excuses. My mum named me this. She placed a label on me. Everybody knows me according to the experience I caused my mum to have suffering and pain. Everywhere he went, he represented suffering and pain. He could have stayed in that. He could have limited his life to that. But in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10, Jabez goes to God and this is what the Bible says. He cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that You would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let Your hand be with me and keep me from harm. Listen to this. So that I would be free from pain. So that I would be free from what my name represents. And God granted him his request. He went to God, wanted to get rid of the label that his mum had placed over him so that he could step into something greater and something bigger. And friend, today I need to say to someone, whether you're online or in the room, do not limit what God has placed in you because you live under the weight of what someone else has placed on you. Let me say that again. Do not limit what God has placed in you because you live under the weight of what someone else has placed on you. In life, you can have progress or you can have excuses. You cannot have both. And God has called us to greater days to greater things. This life of faith is from level to level, from victory to victory, from faith to faith. Our progress is one step forward every time, moving towards that which God has prepared for us. Regardless of what you lived in the past, regardless of amazing days you may experience, your greatest days are not behind you, your greatest days are ahead of you. Because God is a God that always has so much more for us. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly and above anything we can ask or think. I don't know how big you're asking. I don't know how big you're thinking. But He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly and above. In other words, at the end of your thinking, at the end of your imagination, at the end of your big asking is actually when God only begins. Because He's able to do exceedingly abundantly and above. So as people of faith, we've got to get rid of our excuses. Well, how do we do that? That's a good question. I'm glad you've asked it today. So I want to share three simple thoughts on how to get rid of excuses so that we can step into what God has called us to and we can achieve that which God wants us to do. And number one, you need to take responsibility for your life. Responsibility. We need to mature in our faith. Jabez took responsibility for his own life. He didn't say, ah, oh, my mum placed this label on me. This is where I'm staying. This was my experience. I cannot move forward. This pain defines me. This experience limits me. No, he took responsibility and he went to God. And he's like, God, bless me. Enlarge my territory. This label limits me, but you can expand my horizons. He went to God. He had the attitude that said, I will go to God for what only He can do. And here's the thing, Jabez had to hand over that label. And there are people in this room today and online that you've been waiting for God to remove a label. God won't remove that which you need to give Him. 
He will never remove that which you need to give Him. This speaks of spiritual maturity. This speaks of not depending on manna to fall from heaven, but understanding that God has a promised land for us to work. I'd rather work the land than depend on manna from heaven. Because it speaks of progress, responsibility, and maturity in faith. We need to take responsibility. What labels do you need to give to God today? What do you need to let go of and let God? What do you need to hand over today? Are you waiting for Him to peel back those labels? And God's like, I've been waiting all this time for you to hand them to me. Because it's only when we hand them over that He can do something with our lives. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 5. And this is where we don't see the empathetic, compassionate, loving side of Jesus. Or we do, but in a challenging manner. Because we often picture Jesus as the little Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We see the photos and we see the pictures and we see the artworks of those loving eyes. But Jesus, He was confronting. He challenges our mindset. He challenges our faith. He he shakes every ounce of faith within us. And this is one of those Scriptures. In Matthew 7, 1-5, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Man, what would the world be like if we just lived according to this? (laughs) For you will be treated treated, as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry? about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your own eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Verse five, hypocrite. This is Jesus speaking, not me. I don't want to get cancelled by anyone. I don't want an email sent. Jesus says hypocrite. Actually, if you want to send an email, uh, sell it, send it to alex.sagot at calvarymiami.com. <laughs> hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. It's challenging. But what's he saying? He's saying, guys, take responsibility for your own life. Stop looking at what others need to change and focus on what you need to work on. In other words, He's saying, hey, don't live with a magnifying glass in your hand. Step in front of the mirror. Don't look at what others, what they're failing and their shortcomings. Step in front of the mirror because that's your place of authority. Focus on what you need to change in the areas you need to grow in, in the areas you need to develop in. Because personal transformation ends up bringing about community transformation. It first starts with us. He's saying take responsibility for your own life. In marriages, maybe our marriages will be at a whole nother level if we just put the magnifying glass down and stepped in front of the mirror. Maybe our families would operate at a whole nother level if we just put our magnifying glass down and stepped in front of the mirror. Because all we can work on is ourselves and believe God's grace to empower us, to transform us, to liberate us. We live in a world where everyone wants to find someone to blame for how they're living. But we need to take responsibility for our lives. We cannot play the blame game. 
Because when you are constantly looking for someone to blame, you give up the power for transformation in your life. You give up the power. And we need to take responsibility. It's the only way to eliminate excuses. Everyone wants to, why am I It's my parents' fault. It's the economy's fault. It's the government's fault. It's my boss's fault. There are so many things we cannot control in this world. There's so many things that happen to us. The only thing that we can control is what flows from within us. We need to take responsibility for our lives and eliminate their excuses so that we can step into that which God has prepared for us. Let's stop playing the blame game. That's the enemy's game. Because when we look at who to blame, we surrender our responsibility and we're never gonna mature in our faith. We're never gonna transform our lives by the renewing of our mind, which is a personal daily decision and step into that which God has prepared for us. He eliminate excuses by taking responsibility. And number two, by shifting your perspective. And just let me explain this, because oh, shift your perspective, shift the way you see. It's not what I'm speaking about. There's something in this Scripture that totally changed the game for me when I saw it. When Moses was asked by God to go before Pharaoh, Moses responds after his excuses by asking a question. Who shall I say has sent me? Like, like God, they don't know me. They don't know me. I don't have many followers on Instagram. <laughs> I haven't built anything significant. I have, haven't had much success in my life. I'm not known. Who shall I say has sent me? And God responds, tell them the I am has sent you. And we can often read that and go, oh, how nice, how romantic. The I am has sent you. And we keep reading. But Moses, a man full of insecurities, a man with many questions and many excuses. All he needed to understand that the I am was with him. Let me put it this way for you. If God is the I am, then I am not. If God is the I am, si Él es el yo soy, Entonces, yo no soy. I am not. It changes the game. Because God calls Moses and Moses is like revealing some news to God that Moses thought God didn't know. God, you got it wrong. I can't speak. I'm not prepared. I'm a simple shepherd didn't go to Bible college. I don't have the title. I'm not a theologian. Don't give me the microphone. And God's like, I know Mo, I know you can't speak. I formed you in your mother's womb. I know you're not prepared. I know you're not trained. I've seen you try to do it in your own strength. I've seen you fail time and time again, but it's okay Mo. Just tell them the I am is with you. See, here's the thing. Here's the, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Moses didn't have to do anything more than just show up. All he had to do was show up before Pharaoh without being able to speak, but the I am would speak through him. 
All He had to do was respond in obedience. I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know when God, but if you're calling me to this, I'm gonna show up. And I'm gonna believe that when the I am not shows up, the I am will show up and do what the I am not is not able to do. We need to shift our perspective. Stop trying to be God in your own life. You are the I am not. He is the great I am. He is the one who makes a way when there is no way. He is the one that heals, that provides, that opens doors. He is the one that raises the weak and reaches the needy. We are the I am nots, but we serve the great I am. This is a game changer. Are we, we building church in Argentina? Like sometimes, and I know it's contextual, so I don't want to offend anyone. Once again, don't send an email, okay? I know it's contextual, but when I come to the US and, and I read about eight, nine percent inflation and everyone's losing their mind, I'm like, really, Lord? I wish we had eight percent inflation. Because uh, in Argentina, over the last 12 months, inflation's been 108 percent. In other words, in other words, my, my fellow world champions are going to understand this. This bottle of water 12 months ago was worth $3, let's just say. Today it's worth $6.20. That's our reality. Every six months in our church, our operating costs increase by 48%. Every six months because of inflation. The way we do church in Latin America, five locations in four nations, uh, where we're empowering teams and we have thousands of people with how volatile the economy is, how much political divide there is. In the natural, it's impossible. But I've understood that all I need to do is keep showing up. Keep knocking on the door. Keep believing in faith. Keep asking God. Understanding that I'm not the one who makes a way. I just show up and the I am makes a way. He opens the doors that no man can shut. He provides in the way that confounds the wise. He causes those who think they know it all to scratch their head when so many people have told us you can't do this and you can't do that and I'm like no joke I know I can't but the I am has sent me but the I am goes before me and he can do what the I am not cannot do and so it's a shift of perspective all I need to do is not make it happen I just need to show up and keep showing up and keep believing and keep waiting in God and keep praying and keep expecting and keep knocking on the door because it's the I am who works through us a friend where we are in a game of faith we can never lose sight of that this is about faith and not about certainty this is about faith and what the I am can do and not what we can do. So you're in this service today, place is packed, there's no more seats. You probably struggled to find a car spot and you don't know what the next step is for this church because everybody says it's so difficult to find land in Miami. Exactly, it may be difficult, but for God, it's not impossible. He is the I am. Oh, it's so expensive to build in Miami. Exactly. But He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's the God of provision. 
It's not, it's not government gyra, it's Jehovah gyra. It's not your salary gyra, it's Jehovah gyra. He's our provider. It's the I am who makes a way. So if you're here today and you're like, oh man, I don't know if I'm gonna come next week. It was so hard, I'm gonna change service. There's not enough seats, there's not enough space. It's just too difficult to get my kids into the program. Can I encourage you? Can I challenge you, church? Don't complain about that which you once prayed for. And you might not see a way forward because you need to expand and you need bigger buildings, you need more land. But the I am goes before you. Shift your perspective because He's able to do what we cannot do. This is about faith. The currency of heaven is faith. And thirdly today, as the team comes up, how do you eliminate excuses? Taking responsibility for your life, shifting your perspective. And number three, seeing yourself, how God sees you. Ah, it changes everything. And Moses, it was incredible. What did Moses actually do for God to call him? I can say nada. You don't need to speak Spanish to understand that one. Nada, nothing. Like, what did you do? What's your name? Swanee. 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 It's a beautiful name. And sorry I picked on you, but you're the first one on stage. <laughs> Kenny didn't come first, and he should have. Swanee. It's an awesome name. It's a great name. If we have another daughter, we're going to name her Swanee. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> not even the great... Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am not having another daughter. Muy bien. What did you actually do to get picked for this team? Like, I'll be honest with you, you can sing, you've probably got an incredible spirit, a servant heart, you're faithful, all of that stuff. But it falls short. Everything we do falls short. Everything. You may be the most talented person, it falls short. The most gifted person, it falls short. Like, what did Moses do to be called by God? I'll tell you what he did. In Exodus chapter 3, he saw a burning bush. And instead of walking away, he came close. That's all he did. God knew he wasn't able. He knew he was just the shepherd of some sheep. And he knew he couldn't speak. He had a st 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 stutter. But instead of walking away and being full of fear, he was full of curiosity and he came close. And God says, oh, here I see someone who's available. And I know he's gonna struggle with his insecurities. I know he's gonna question his ability. I know he's gonna doubt this calling, but he came near. Now I need to speak to his potential. I need to unlock and awaken, awaken what's in him. Because all he did was come close. If we think about the Bible, Gideon, Gideon, I love the story of Gideon. Gedeon, it's incredible. Along with the people of Israel, the, Gideon was hiding in caves. Why? Because the Midianites were coming down to steal the harvest. And the Midianites, they, they were like a greater army. They, there was a lot more of them. The Israelites were fearful. 
And so they would hide away in caves. But one day, Gideon, I imagine he was hungry. And he's like, I'm gonna step out of the cave and see if I can gather some wheat for my family. Nobody else is doing it. He was a farmer. He was the youngest in his family and all he did was step out of the cave. And the moment he stepped out, an angel shows up and says, Gideon, you mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. Can you imagine Gideon like, are you talking to me? Gideon, you mighty warrior. No, 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 mighty warrior, I'm a farmer. Uh, Google Maps got it wrong. It's the cave that's a mile and a half down the road. It's not this cave. You got it wrong, Lord. I'm the youngest in my family. It says my family is the least of the clan of Manasseh. We're not important. Nobody values us. Everybody looks down on us. I'm the son of an immigrant. I can't speak the language well. I didn't finish high school. I didn't go to college. You, you got it wrong. He says, you mighty warrior. God's gonna use you. And I'm gonna give you a great victory over the Midianites. All you need to do, Gideon, is present yourself on the battlefield. Because I know you can't fight. But just show up and I'm gonna fight through you. We need to see ourselves the way God sees us. Jeremiah, a young prophet. Jeremiah was a teenager when he was called by God. God says to him, hey, Jerry, I'm gonna take you all over the world. You're gonna speak my Word. And he says, Lord, I'm too young. I cannot speak. And once again, God ignores his excuses. It's biblical. I love it. He says, Jerry, don't say you're too young. You're gonna go where I tell you to go. You're gonna plant, you're gonna destroy. You're gonna be my mouthpiece. My words will be in your mouth. My presence will go before you because God saw something in this young man that He didn't see within Himself. When you see yourself the way God sees you, you begin to eliminate your excuses. David, theologians say when he was anointed to be king, he was between 13 and 16 years of age. He had signed up for summer camp next month. Phil, slip me a 20 for that promo later. In dollars, not pesos. It's worth about a million pesos, that. He was a young kid. The prophet goes to his house. He says to Jesse, from amongst your sons, God's gonna anoint the next king. Bring out the eldest. Eliab comes out. He was tall. He was handsome. He was muscular. Born in Australia of Argentine descent. He was so good looking. He had muscles like me in places you don't have places. And the prophet sees him and says, this is the one. God says, nope. Man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. And then one by one, seven brothers come. The prophet thinks, yes, God says no. And he says, Jesse, do you have another? He goes, yes, that David, the youngest, he's, he's out the back of the property looking after the sheep. He's doing what his brothers don't wanna do. He's last in line as heir to everything I have. Bring him because until he comes, we're not gonna sit down for carnita asada because they had a barbecue, it's biblical. <laughs> David comes, he's a kid, the prophet sees him, he thinks no, God says, that's him. When the prophet saw David, he saw the kid. 
When Jesse the father saw his son, he saw the kid. When the seven older brothers saw David, they saw a kid. But when God saw David, He saw the King inside of the kid. Because God doesn't just see us for who we are today. He sees us for who we can be tomorrow. And if we're going to eliminate excuses, we need to see ourselves the way God sees us. God always sees our potential. He sees that divine seed of greatness. He's placed in us. There is more in you than you think. There is more in you than you believe. The greatest revelation after knowing who Jesus is, is who knowing who you are in Christ. And you'll begin to eliminate excuses when you start seeing yourself the way God sees you, friend. That's why we need to stand in front of the mirror and allow the transformational power of the grace of God and the Spirit of God get a hold of our hearts, open our eyes to see the God possibility so we can eliminate the excuses. So you can't speak Moses, so what? The I Am will put words in your mouth. So you're not prepared Moses, so what? God's power is greater than your preparation. So you don't think you're able Moses, so what? Just show up and what God, what God can see what God can do. The great I Am. We need to eliminate our excuses, why? Because excuses, they're always gonna limit your potential. Excuses will always keep you where you're currently at. Excuses will rob you of the God possibility in your life. Excuses will always bind you to mediocrity. Excuses will only ever produce more excuses. So as people of faith in this season, for you as a member of this house, and the amazing blessing you're seeing, which brings with it its challenges. Eliminate your excuses so that you can step into what God has prepared for you. Just keep showing up and watch what God will do. Just keep believing and see the doors He will open. Just keep asking and see the divine response. Let's choose to live a life of faith without fear, without limitation and without excuses. So today, before we close this service, my question to you is, whether you're at home or in the room, what labels do you need to give God? He ain't gonna peel it off today. He wants to receive them from you. What weight do you need to let go of so that you can step into what God has prepared for your life? Be committed to the God factor in your life. And don't live under the weight of that label. Now I'm gonna ask that we stand to our feet. I'm gonna pray. But today, this is about doing business with God and allowing the Spirit of God to do what only He can do. I don't know what label you're carrying around, but here's the thing, here's the thing. You weren't given the shoulders to carry it. That's why it weighs you down. That's why it limits you. You need to let go and let God. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're in this place today and you know there's some labels that have been placed on you, that have limited your faith walk, that have led you to only ever offer your excuses instead of your faith and your obedience to God, right where you're at, could you just raise your hands to heaven? It's between you and God. And just in your own words, let it go. Surrender it. 
give it to Him. He ain't gonna peel it off, but He will receive it. Peel it off your life and give it to Him. And make a conscious decision today, God, I'm giving you this label. Whether it be like Jabez, son of pain, son of suffering, God, expand my territory. Take me into something greater and something bigger. I, I surrender this weight. I will no longer live under this pressure of the weight of what someone else put on me. But God, today I'm giving it to You. I'm making a conscious choice to eliminate my excuses so that I can be the person You've called me to be, do that which You've called me to do and step into that place You've prepared for me. Father, and I pray as people hand these things over, that You would fill the void left by what they're handing over with Your grace, with Your love and with Your power. Holy Spirit, come and fill them afresh today in Jesus' Name. Give them eyes to see the divine possibilities. Give them hearts to believe that which seems impossible because the great I Am goes before them. Father God, continue to make a way where there is no way. Strengthen Your people, I pray, and help us on a daily basis to make a conscious choice to remove the excuses from our lives so that we can step into that which You've prepared for us in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Just before I hand back to Pastor Phil, you can put your hands down. I'd love to pray for another group of people. Maybe you're here today and it's your first time in this sort of environment. You came with a friend, with a family member. Maybe you connected online because someone sent you the link or it just showed up on your YouTube account. However it is that you're connected or you're present, you need to know that it's not by chance or by coincidence. It's in the divine plan and purpose of God for your life. Because God loves you and He is for you. And the God we worship today, the God we're speaking of today, He's not a God of religion, He's a God of relationship. Why? Because He's a God of love and He loves you. He has an incredible future prepared for you, a plan and a purpose destined for your life. But for you to step into that future, for you to discover that plan and that purpose, the only thing He requires from you is a decision. It's a decision of faith. Religion will tell you to come to God, you need to stop doing this, you need to stop doing that. But Jesus said, whoever will can come to me. It's a decision of faith that will lead you to say yes to Jesus. And it's that yes that opens the door to the mercy of God, to the grace of God. Friends, this is a reality and this is true. We all need to be forgiven because we're all sinners. Don't allow that word sin to scare you. It's not a religious word, it's a Bible word. All it means is our mistakes, where we've fallen short. And we can't deal with our own sin. That's why Jesus came. He came to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. As we remembered in communion today, He went to a cross, shed His blood, gave His life, paid the price for our sin so that we can come to God just as we are. But He loves us way too much to leave us that way. So when you say yes to Him today, you're saying yes to His forgiveness, you're saying yes to the cross, you're saying yes to a new beginning. That's why this faith decision is so important. It changes your eternity. He gives you salvation. And I wanna pray with those connected and those present for every single individual who needs to make this faith decision. Begin a relationship with God by saying yes to Jesus with every eye closed and every head bowed. 
online, if I'm speaking to you, I'm gonna ask you where you're at, wherever that may be, for you to place your hand on your heart and we're gonna pray in just a moment. In the room, if you would say, Chris, this, this prayer's for me. I, I need to begin a relationship with God. I need to receive His forgiveness. Or maybe once upon a time you said yes to Him, but like the prodigal son, you abandoned the Father's arms and the Father's house. And you know today, because you're backsliding in your heart, you need to come back to Him. I also wanna include you in this prayer. For those in the room, if that's you, just so I can see who I'm praying for, with every eye closed, I'm just gonna ask you, if you need to say yes to Jesus, and begin a relationship with Him. Just to raise your hand, high enough and long enough for me to say, that's awesome down the back. Praise God for you, awesome, awesome. God bless you, God bless you, so amazing, awesome. I see your hands, amazing. A courageous decision, thank you, thank you. Fantastic, fantastic. You can put your hands down and everybody can look this way. Those of you who responded online and in the room, I wanna lead you in a prayer. And I want you to repeat these words after me out aloud, but don't worry. I'm not gonna get you to speak out aloud in what you think is in the midst of a crowd of people. Church isn't a crowd, it's familiar. So every person that's around you is gonna repeat these words with you because it's our greatest honour to support you in this decision. So together, church, let's say out aloud, along with those who raise their hands and who are responding online, let's say these words, Dear Jesus, Today I open my heart, I give You my life and I ask that You'd forgive me of all my sin, that You'd wipe away my past and give me a brand new start. I receive You today as my Lord and Saviour. I thank You for Your grace, I thank You for Your mercy and I thank You for salvation. In Jesus' Name and everybody said together, come on church, can we celebrate these amazing people? Hey, amazing, amazing Word. And real quick, we, we don't want this day to be one you forget. And I believe that you've made the greatest decision of your entire life. Your life is forever changed because of Jesus. And as a church, we wanna come alongside you and help you on that journey. And one of the ways that we do that is helping you find that next step. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus, it was kind of like, man, I have a bunch of questions. What's next? What do I have to do? And here at Calvary, we want to make it easy for you. And one of the things that we have is a free gift to get in your hands with a bunch of resources. Thank you, Anna. This gift is free 99 because of everybody that's generous here at church and the tithes and offerings. We can give thousands of Bibles away for free every single year. And that's incredible. But along with the Bible, there is a letter from Alex, Pastor Alex and Diana. There's a free food voucher to Circle Cafe, which if you've never been, is incredible. The best coffee in Miami. I promise you. And uh, so right after, uh, right after service, come on, the heat don't play till 8.30. We got nowhere to go. We got nowhere to be. And uh, get one of these free gifts in your hand. And we would love to pray for you. Get this gift in your hand and just be a resource for you here at church. But church, let's put our hands together one more time for all those hands that went up. Can we also thank Pastor Chris for that incredible word? Pray that I challenge you and that it gives you something to think about throughout this week. Hey, we're gonna hang out in the front patio. Don't leave right away. Meet somebody new. Get ready for Connect Group Sunday. If you have somebody in mind for Flourish, think about the Send them a text, invite them. But we're gonna pray for one more time and then we're gonna worship as we head out. Let me pray for your week and we'll worship one more time. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the word that was shared. We pray that God, we would put our faith in I am, God, in you, Lord, and that we would never 
God, think about our own mistakes, our own flaws, our own insecurities, God, but we would put them in your hands and you were to remind us that we are children of God and in your hands, Lord Jesus, you can do the impossible. So Lord, we love you. Bless our week, bless our homes, and bless our families. Today we pray, amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next Sunday. Let's worship one more.